And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. The Athletic. Well, after a tricky start, Jack Grealish is looking very comfortable at Manchester City, a regular starter in their Premier League title defence. And Pep Guardiola will be expected to turn to him again in the Champions League this week. Uh, meanwhile, off the field, he signed lucrative deals with brands such as Puma and Gucci. Haven't we all in our time? Uh, so what's changed on the pitch uh, and how has he become the most marketable British footballer since David Beckham? I'm Mark Chapman. This is the Athletic Football Podcast. Sight of goal. Come to one inside him. Greenish waiting. Jack Greenish scores! And the outpouring of emotion from Jack Greenish shows you just what it means. When I was celebrating, I was going to take my top off if you see it, but then I realised I was already on the yellow card, so... <laughs> Wilson in on goal, playing in Greenish! So honestly, it was so much more difficult than I thought. You know, you can imagine me going to City after being at Villa, you know, for all them years, thinking I'm going to go there now, get goals, assists. Gonna, you know, I still feel like I've played well in, in certain games. Um, but you know, what I want to do is contribute with goals and assists and and win trophies here. So joining us uh, for this one from the Athletic, our Manchester City writer Sam Lee. This is unusual, isn't it? We, we haven't got you on. We haven't got you on to talk about a crisis no they haven't even gone out of the Champions League yet what's going on <laughs> uh, and Dan Bardell as well who hosts our weekend preview pod uh, is also a massive Villa fan which was Grealish's previous club and presumably given the shirts that you have in the background um, well you can't be president of the Grealish fan club because I think Micah Richards has taken that are you, are you, yeah, do you want vice change. president do you want secretary I'm assuming you're still a big fan of his yeah always always want him to do well except for when he's playing against Aston Villa but yeah I think he's just a, just a player he's come, he's come so far from that young lad that, that was at Villa his whole life and it's great to see him doing so well I'm not sure every single Villa fan feels that way but I think a lot realise what he did for the club and that he deserves every success that he's having now when you look at him at City, before I bring Sam in, how does he compare, do you think, to the player you saw at Villa? If you'd have asked me this question last season, I'd have probably had a different answer to what I have now. I think this season now, you're seeing what he's all about. You're seeing an intelligent footballer. I think you probably were seeing an intelligent footballer last season, but it was one that was in and out the team. A lot of people would say that the fun's been taken out of him since he's gone to Manchester City from Villa because at Villa, everything went through him. The game plan for Villa a lot of the time was give the ball to Jack Grealish. Now, at Manchester City, I think he's seen a lot more of the ball than he did last season when he's in the team and he's playing a lot more. 
But I just think some of the facets of his game that perhaps went unnoticed before, you're seeing how intelligent he is as a footballer now at Manchester City, things like the weight of pass that he provides and the way he takes the ball. He knows now when, when to give it and when to go and he knows when to take the ball on and, and, and run and carry the ball now. I think at Villa, he was just had to do that all the time. He had to be the one that was carrying the ball and get Villa up the pitch, where at Man City, he knows there's other weapons in that side. So I think you're just seeing someone who's matured as, as a footballer now and, and someone that's become a big player for Manchester City, in my opinion. And in some ways, he's one of Pep's go-tos this season. He's definitely developed this season compared to last, hasn't he, Sam? Yeah, I think he was always doing the kind of things that Guardiola wanted him to do, even when he wasn't getting the goals and assists kind of explaining that he attracts players and he he gives the ball back to Cancelo or Rodri so they can switch the ball to the other side or he works hard off the ball. It sounds like you're making excuses for him. When everyone's thinking he's struggling and he's not doing the things that a hundred million pound winger should do and you start saying, oh yeah, he's very good tactically and Guardiola appreciates this, that and the other. It doesn't sound satisfactory. But all that stuff was true. He was always doing that. But Guardiola was always saying, he always put up that defence, we didn't sign him for goals and assists. Which again, sounds like excuse making, doesn't it? But he did always say, we want him to be more aggressive. Because we want him to take his man on more in the final third effectively. And that's something that he's done this season, but particularly in the last few months. You know, Guardiola has been frustrated behind the scenes. He said, play like you do in training. Because if the team's set up, because the big thing about City, especially this season is, they all need to attack at the right speed. And the reason Grealish has played so much is because in big games, for example, he takes a lot of touches, which is what Guardiola wants because he can give the rest of the team the opportunity to catch up. So there's no big spaces between their lines. And if they do lose the ball, they're ready to go and win it back straight away. Whereas if Foden, as a bit of a crude example, just runs down the pitch with it and plays in Haaland, Haaland misses, there's loads of spaces and then you've got counterattacks. So he likes Grealish for that. But he was saying, when we are all in our shape and everybody's set up, go at your man. Because if you lose it, we are ready to, to win it back. So don't be afraid to lose it. And I think that's where he's kind of come on most in the last couple of months. He's just adding a few more goals now. If you saw the highlights from Palace at the weekend, briefly, possibly, he did a great <laughs> run in off, off the left. But he just, but just as the shot opened up for him, he dragged it just a bit wide, and you think that's probably the next step. If you start taking three or four men on and then put it in the bottom corner, then I, well, I don't know. I don't know what other record deals he could get, but bigger ones, I guess. Why wasn't he doing what he used to do at the start? For for all the confidence he appears to have, was it a confidence thing? Uh, possibly I think he's given a few interviews and I think part of the reason people like him is because he's kind of so honest and he just speaks freely it's not really media trained and he he did say I think it was after the Chelsea game in January he goes it was harder than I thought he goes I thought I'd just come in and play with all these great players and hit the ground running basically but it was harder than he thought there was that but also I suppose it impacted him as well but for us and how we interpreted his game we looked at what he did at Villa and he, he got the ball every time as Dan said, he had to take them up the pitch and everything went through him. But now it was like, you stay on the left. Like when, when he gets the ball and when he's in that area, he does have the freedom to do whatever he wants, but he needs to stay in that area. And like I said earlier on, sometimes his job was to kind of run down the left, attract players, and then cut it back to somebody else so they could switch it to Mahrez. Mahrez cuts inside or puts a cross in and then somebody else scores. Grealish is miles away from the assist, but he's done his job. And we were thinking, why isn't Grealish doing what we expect him to do, which is take people on and score goals and you know, when you're 100 million pounds, you expect all sorts. That was a subtle change. He, w- he was seeing less of the ball. Well, subtle, but quite big, actually. And I think that was 
more or less it and then there's obviously a lot of other things like finding your feet in a new team and just it's just a massively different style isn't it Guardiola's football is massively different to everything else and not necessarily for better or worse it just is we often talk actually Dan of of players who need, take time to settle at Manchester City you know need a year to understand Guardiola's methods and what he expects from them I also wonder whether that is actually harder when you have been a one club man up until the point you go to City. I mean, you could argue the same with Calvin Phillips at the moment, couldn't you, really? Local lad, done good, at your at your hometown team. And I would imagine there was quite a lot of emotion. I know people go, well, he moved for 100 million and I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's done very well out of it, as we'll discuss. But there's got to be a lot of emotion in that, bearing in mind his love for Birmingham and for Villa. Yeah, look, he's a lad's lived in Birmingham his, his entire life until, until the last few years and always had his family around him. Now, his family, he's very, very close to. I, I know a lot of footballers are close to the family, but I think the relationship he has with his family is very, very unique. They, they follow him up and down the country. They'll sit in the away end, and they did, did that at Villa, where they'd sit in the away end, they'd, they'd, they'd mingle with the fans, they'd speak to people, and they'd be doing exactly the same at, at Manchester City now. But he would have had that family around him every day and I guess when he first moved to Manchester City he didn't have that that comfort any anymore and not only was he a Birmingham boy's whole life you know like you say he was at Villa his whole life everything was was geared around him that the last few seasons and suddenly like Sam says you step into Manchester City and you're being asked to, to do things different it's a completely different beast Manchester City Villa are a big club Villa are a huge club with with great facilities and everything that a footballer would want but you're going to Manchester City it's completely different. You saw the videos when he was getting unveiled with, with Pep and just w- walking around the place. It's a completely different beast and it would have been difficult for him to, to get used to that. Another thing with him is that he just loves playing football. He loved playing every week. I don't know if you remember that time he got subbed by Dean Smith in about the 85th minute and he sat there on the bench and he looked absolutely devastated that he'd been taken off with five minutes left. He loves playing every game and at Manchester City, obviously that's never going to happen. You're not able to do that. So there was things that that had to change and and, and he had to change. But you're seeing now that the footballer that I knew he could be at, at Manchester City and he's become a big player for them this season. You talk about the frustrations of Guardiola, Sam. Uh, uh, him not, uh, not him not doing what Guardiola wants him to, but him not being true to himself. I suppose actually, that's that's what I was saying. Go on, Jack, be be yourself, kind of thing. I was told that behind the scenes, Guardiola showers him with love and arms around the shoulder. And what what do you need, Jack? What what can we get you to get you back to? To what we want, which is, I mean, which is where he is now. But there is a love for from Guardiola towards Grealish, as I understand it. I should, I should probably say, don't get me wrong. That frustration is not. It's not like an anger. It, it's a fatherly frustration, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. It's do yeah. do what you do what we know you can yeah. do. Do what you know you can do, kind of thing. It's that thing about Grealish's character because he's no, he's no saint, is he? Like there's stuff off the pitch he's done, which isn't ideal professional behaviour, and it's not ideal like, legally, but. He's just got this character where it's like, oh, that's just Jack. And everybody loves him. And like, I, I'm comfortable with saying on this podcast that as far as I know, he is a genuinely lovely bloke. Now, I'm wary of saying stuff like that as the City correspondent because people might be listening to this thinking, oh, he'd say that about anyone. I wouldn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that about any, any, every City footballer by any stretch. But Grealish actually stands out. Like, I get people kind of get an idea about this. You know, he did that dance at the World Cup for Finlay, but he's very close to fans and he does a lot of stuff with supporters, particularly um, disabled supporters. City know that 
if there's any kind of not so much media stuff but just fan engagement stuff he will do it like he is a lovely guy and it's that character that he has got and that goes back to to Guardiola Guardiola kind of loves him the same way that everyone else does really he just it's just Jack I remember writing about him when he signed for City and I think somebody at Villa said the thing about Grealish is he's either smiling he's just smiled or he's about to smile and I just think it's the attitude, isn't it, that people love. And Guardiola, he was speaking about Calvin Phillips recently. And he said he's great great for the vibe of the dressing room. And he said you can look at all this data about recruitment and what they do and what they're like and what they can offer. But the most important thing in the future will be what they give to the dressing room. And if that's what he thinks generally, then of course he loves Grealish. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's authenticity. That's what we're talking about, isn't it? That, that, that's what it absolutely sure. 100% boils down to. And people are, are either are authentic or they're not authentic. But you genuinely believe in what he says and what, what he does is is true to him. Yeah, and you can, that's the thing you you can't you can't fake it. Every time he he gives an interview, he's like failingly honest, isn't he? Like he'll he'll, he'll say if he's not being good. You know, there, there was the, an interview he did after the Wolves game at the start of the season when he did score, but the day before Guardiola had been saying again, I didn't sign him for the goals and assists, and that kind of got blown up. And you know, Richard Keys was like, "Oh, what's all this nonsense? Like, why are you playing?" Some for hundred million or whatever, and then Grealish scored, and then and then he he could have chosen that out. He could have said, "Look, I do loads of other stuff for the team that the manager appreciates," but he said, "I should be getting more goals and assists." He is just honest. He does, but it's just it's all those things, you know, in the England camps in the tournaments in the last couple of years when they, he he didn't understand what certain words are, or he's talking about Love Island or whatever. It's just he's just relatable, and like you say, you're either authentic and you're not, and he just is massively, and I think that ties in with the certainly with those big brand deals he's got at the moment, just because it's the perfect storm, isn't it? He's a really good-looking guy. He's a really good footballer. And he is likeable. And he's likeable to the extent that even when he does stuff that others wouldn't get away with, it kind of just gets laughed off. And that is just because he is how he is and people like him. Although, we're saying this, he gets booed at every ground. He gets booed at every ground. And we're talking about how likeable yeah. he is. But, well, yeah. of course he does. In the same way that... In the same way that- Beckham, you know, he's he's the obvious comparison, isn't he? In the same way that Beckham got booed at every ground. And and also, 
I mean, I know that Beckham went through everything he went through in '98, but there was all, there was still an element of Beckham being booed a little bit before then because of the the good looks and the talent and and everything else. Every team is going to have someone who's booed like that. I mean, I remember. The, I I don't know if this was the first time he ever appeared for Villa, Dan, but I remember him coming on uh, on a Sunday for Villa against Hull, and I think that the whole of that second half when he came on Hull just booted him up in the air and that could only have been only have been because of how he looked because he came on with his floppy hair and his socks around his ankles and I think they thought right let, let's kick this kid yeah I think that was his, that second, was his second game, game so he came that was his second game it was his first ever right. home appearance at Villa he was only on the pitch but it was hilarious how much they <laughs> He got fouled five times in a, in, a, in a row in the space of about three minutes. He got kicked up and down by the by the whole players. I think Ahmed Al Mohamed, who obviously ended up playing with at Villa, was one of them. They just seemed to target him straight away. But even then, he just, he just laughs it off. That's the kind of character that that he is. And like I say, it was his second ever game, first ever game at, at Villa Park. And at the end of the game. He's been on the pitch 10 minutes. He's coming up to the whole end and the Villa fans are, are singing his name and he's clapping like he's someone who's play, played 100 games and everyone loves him and knows who he is. But Villa fans were always aware of him coming through through the ranks. You always hear of certain names when they're 14, 15, 16. This, this guy's going to be a player. With Jack, that was definitely the case of, of what happened. The Villa fans knew about him and had been waiting for him to come on the scene for years and when he did he did have some difficulties in, in his first few years you know it didn't always go swimmingly for him in, in the championship as well there were times when he was completely out of the picture but he got about a bad injury and what he did was and this is another thing that he does that I think people don't notice he works hard he trains hard and he used that time whilst he was out to build himself up physically and he came back a completely different beast and captain Villa to, to promotion and every player that you speak to from that side cites him as the reason that Villa got back to the Premier League like he is big now. Like I don't know if he wears a shirt that's mm. too small for him, but like he's he, he is de- quite broad. He's obviously he, defi- he definitely he's does. <laughs> that shirt behind me is an extra I, small. You what, he, definitely, oh, really? he definitely wears wears <laughs> shorts that are too small for him. I can tell you that. Yeah, maybe it's the whole kit. Maybe it's the whole kit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that you, you can tell. Like I was I was at Palace at the weekend. Unfortunately, with Palace, the players they don't walk down a tunnel. They just kind of emerge from a building that's next to the stand where the press go in. So I, I didn't go up to the press seat until about. 10 minutes before kickoff so I was, I'm going to wait around and, and see them all come out just to see how they interact with each other and stuff and then it's only when you see the players that close up you just think like, what an impressive group of like, talented group of men and footballers that this is and with Grealish he isn't that like waif kid that, that came on a few years ago like he, he's not bulked up massively but he's just he's a man isn't he he's, he's, he's a, a big guy who's still very agile and yeah he's got the calves and the backside and the this extra small shirt and all that like god this this sounds like a proper fanboy but I'm just trying to get across that difference in his that difference in his kind of everything basically since he came through to what he is now that route from from that second appearance for Villa I think his first was at City wasn't it I think City won won a game just after yeah Liverpool drew at um, Crystal Palace memorably that three all City had to beat Villa they did and he came on in that game but that, that journey he's chasing Yaya yeah. he's still chasing Yaya tour right now <laughs> I think everyone is um, but that, that journey from that appearance at the Etihad to the appearances now at the Etihad is just a kind of straight, kind of 45-degree angle upwards. With these players, Beckham and Ronaldo are the two to sort of compare with, I suppose, on, on both looks and but also, I suppose, on then how they became marketable. You wouldn't, you wouldn't argue that either of them, it was obvious at the start. You know, it probably started for Beckham once he 
got involved with a Spice Girl and the whole 98 controversy. And, and Ronaldo, when Ronaldo came on for his first game for Manchester United against Bolton, you wouldn't have gone, well, there, there's a man whose who's looks and appearance and talent are eventually going to make him one of the most marketable athletes in the world, although he looked very good on his debut. And maybe you wouldn't have said that about Grealish two or three years ago. So it is about how these men develop, both actually physically and on the field as well, Dan. Yeah, and I think as a, I think his main thing is, as a person, I think you take away all the other stuff that we've just spoke about, like, like Sam's spoken about, him him as a person. I think that's what makes him attractive to, to companies, just, just purely the, the way he is. He's done absolute wonders for the Brummie accent. I, I need to thank him. I think I've picked up a lot more work over the years than maybe I should have done because because of him him uh, putting the, the Birmingham accent in the spotlight. I genuinely think that's really important that all accents are represented, particularly when mainstream media doesn't represent a lot of accents. I think it's really important. That's that authenticity again, isn't it? He, he you know, he, say, he says words wrong. He did an interview once about listening to music and the whole way through he was calling it music, 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 the whole way through the interview. He doesn't even know he's, he's doing it really, does he? But that's funny and it makes him relatable and p- people enjoy that kind of content from him and he's just it is just the fact that he is real and he's all and he's always been real he was all he didn't change the way he was with the fans at Villa from day one when he was Jack Grealish 18 year old making his debut to Jack Grealish that left and he was on the cusp of being a megastar before he went to Manchester City for 100 million but he never changed the way he was around people and the way he was around fans and he never changed himself and his his personality he probably has had to calm down a little bit over the last last 12 to 18 months in terms of what he does off the field but I think he's realised that you know he's 27 now isn't isn't he Jack you always kind of look at him as as being this kid because of the way he carries himself but he is 27 he's he's coming up to it to his peak so I still think over the next few years there's so much more to come from him on, on the pitch and I reckon there's an awful lot more to come from him off the pitch as well Greg Evans has uh, has done a big piece uh, on on his marketability which is on the Athletic and you can read now a couple of interesting quotes in there uh, Jed uh, Colley Priest founder of Underdog Sports Marketing uh, says he's a guy who plays like Gaza and is as gorgeous as David Beckham so he's going to be very appealing to leading brands. He's unique because he's so recognisable, but there's so much more to him because of his personality. And then Dan Connor, who's co-owner of And The New, which is a creative digital sports marketing agency, developed on that to talk about, which is what we've just touched on. Worth noting a big shift in what has made a player truly marketable in recent times. And that is authenticity. That is the key driver of that. And they don't come more genuine than Jack. How is he viewed off the field at City? Put Guardiola and his coaching team to one side. Put teammates to one side, Sam. We always get told that the test of a footballer is how they, you know, deal with Nancy on reception. Oh, yeah, and genuinely they do love him. Like, that's that's how I can can, can say that he's, he's such a nice guy. I've, I've kind of had dealings with him as well on this front, but if, if like, a message needs to be sent to anyone or, you know, like I said... Um, to meet and greet fans or whatever, he is always there. Like he is nice to everyone. That that's the thing. It's like sometimes in this job, you're writing about players. Like, oh, aren't they great? Like he he does this job so well for the team or whatever. Like, what a brilliant servant for Manchester City or whatever. But you know, you know they're not great people, and he, or you know they've up to some things. And you think, ah, it's, it's just a it's it's a difficult industry at times for that because it's not necessarily newsworthy. So you, there's no point in ever saying it. 
because it doesn't really impact performances, it's not illegal or whatever, but you just think these aren't the great people that everyone holds them up to be. But with Grealish, that is that is the case. Yeah, he's just he's got time for everyone. And it just goes back to that, you know, you're authentic or you're not. There's no, you know, I'm not saying he's never been annoyed in his life, but it, 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 there's no kind of, if he's on a, you know, if he's on a shoot for some Amazon thing or whatever, he's not going to have his headphones in ignoring people. He's going to be talking to them like anyone. And that's the thing, like, you just don't get that with footballers. There's so many other footballers you can identify. We're talking about stories and background and stuff. Phil Foden came came through at City, made the first team, playing for England. Like, he's kind of local wonder kid and he's got loads of, he's got all the endorsements and stuff. But like, just that, there isn't that extra kind of magic yet with Grealish just because of their personalities. Now, Foden's personality is absolutely fine. You know, he loves football. He gives his everything to football. But it's just it's just not that special ingredient that Grealish has got um, just because of how he is. But then that's nothing bad against Foden. It's bad against like, footballers in general. Like Grealish has just got this thing you don't expect from footballers to have. Yeah, I could say, Sam, the same thing with, with Marcus Rashford, actually, who who is as authentic as, as Grealish is, has done some amazing work, hasn't he? Obviously. Uh, and is incredibly talented and plays for an incredibly marketable club and is a marketable lad. But he's a really, really nice lad. But he's he, he's quite shy. It's not a bad thing. It's not like they're missing anything. And that's not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. With all due respect to Sam here, but uh, Dan is the sort of youngest, coolest one probably on, on this on this podcast. Um, that doesn't happen very often anymore. <laughs> but Sam will deal what? with it. What's um, what? He, he he outscores all of his England teammates when it comes to TikTok following, so that's important for brands because it's about how they influence their following. And research has also shown that he's one of the ten most popular players in Europe with fourteen to eighteen year olds in the UK. So you combine those two things, and that's why brands are going to f- flood to him as well. Yeah, and I guess it would have been the same with with David Beckham. If all this stuff had been around when he when he was coming through as a as a as a footballer, I guess it would have been all those things that would have appealed to people. Jack's fortunate that in the time he's become a professional footballer, all that stuff that suits him and 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 the way he is and the way he appeals to people is paramount in in brands' minds when when they come to getting an ambassador on board or they come to get get someone on board to work with the brand. So he just he's, he's so so talented as as a footballer. He's, everything he everything he does at the moment seems to turn to gold. He, he was not not involved in Manchester City winning the title in in the end. He didn't come on in that last game. He didn't play as much football as he would have wanted to last season. But then after, afterwards, in all the celebrations and stuff, everyone's talking about about Jack Grealish. There's a little bit of safety in numbers. I mean, maybe not on the market marketability side when we talk about Rashford and Foden. If you're looking at it from an England point of view, Bakayo Saka as well, so on and so forth. But he isn't the, he isn't that Gascoigne figure who is viewed as a saviour of the national team or a saviour of a club team. He can be him and he can be marketable and he can be a superstar, but it's not all on him because of the collective at City and the collective at England. And maybe he benefits from not having that pressure. It's quite funny, actually, because if you think back to the Euros, there was that clamour, wasn't there, for him to come in because he, he didn't start. And everybody, mm. everybody always in the tournament identifies yeah. one player that should come in, and then it was him. But then, as soon as he went to City, he started getting booed everywhere more. And it's almost like now he's at City, which is something everyone who moves to a big club goes through. You know, if you think of Sancho when he was at Dortmund, 
nobody hates Dortmund. You see the clips of Sancho doing great stepovers and assists and goals in, in the Bundesliga. You think, oh, this guy's amazing. We love Sancho. As soon as he goes to Man United, everyone hates him. So that's something you've got to deal with. And I'm sure that's probably something Grealish had to deal with um, when, he, when he first moved to City as well. But yeah, I think maybe that changed. I think if he was at Villa, you know, not a lot of people hate Villa or have strong feelings about Villa if you don't support them. So it was easier to kind of get behind him then. And then maybe he does end up being seen as kind of this one-man saviour. But then when he's at City, that dynamic changes a bit. But it's interesting with England because we've always kind of, always had that going into tournaments. It's always about one player, whether it was Beckham or Rooney, or you can maybe tell me some more before that. Um, but but it, it, there isn't that now, is there, really? Like Kane's obviously no, the main goal scorer, but if Kane didn't play, it wouldn't be the it wouldn't be the end of the world. And actually, you're right at the Euros, but also at the same time, as we progressed, it then became well, why isn't he starting, or why isn't he starting? And you can't you can't fit depending on who'd had a good or bad game the previous yeah, match. Exactly. You can't fit you can't fit everybody in. No, and then I mean, it's a bit of a tangent now, but people always complain about like the managers having favourite players or whatever. But that's particularly redundant in a tournament. Because, like, if say if Mason Mount doesn't does a six out of ten against Ukraine in the semi in the quarter final or whatever, what you get, like the manager can't go, okay, well, Mason, you've you've been great for me for three years, but you're coming out, like, yeah, it, it does get a bit silly. But yeah, with with Grealish, it kind of peaked around 2021 in terms of England, and now he's just kind of fallen in with that pack. But the the glare then changed to this guy's 100 million and he's not scoring goals and assists. What's going on? But now, if he does start adding that, maybe it'll come back. And maybe by the time, I don't know if it'll be the next World Cup, that might be too late, but the next Euro seemed like it might be, with him being 27 now, that might be, he's at peak age. Let's say next season he goes to another level with City and it's all of a sudden this guy's going to win us the Euros because that's how we are in England, isn't it, really? Do you you expect him to go to another level again, Dan? Yeah, I think he's he's still got more he can do. I think what Sam says about England, I think that's that's really true. Now there's perhaps people that have been playing in that position that are coming towards the end of their time, their, their international career. I think there's a space for him at England now, and I know how much England means to him. That he he'll want to do something for, for England. He'll want to be someone that, that wins a trophy for England. But he wants to be a, a big part of it. You know, he he wasn't that huge part of, of Manchester City in the in the end last season. But if they manage to win the league this season, he'll know that his game's gone gone another level. And he, he was a, a massive part of it. You know, he was a massive part of getting Villa back to, back to the Premier League. So it's all about take, taking these steps with, with each club. And I still think he's got a step to go with Manchester City. And he's definitely got a step to go with England as well, where he wants something tangible. He wants to win things. He wants to win individual accolades. And I, I really think he can he can do that. He is still the, the best player I've seen play, play for Aston Villa. And I've seen lots of very, very good players play for Villa in my 30 years of of going down but Jack Grealish is the best and if you speak to my dad who's 70 he'll say exactly the same Jack Grealish is the best footballer I've seen, seen play for Aston Villa he is a special special talent you know, he's made made a lot of people in, in Birmingham proud and he's been a great ambassador for Birmingham and I think I do think to ask, answer your original question there's levels to go still for him in his game and um, presumably finally Sam as always happens when we spend a lot of time focusing on the positivity of a Manchester City player Guardiola then takes them out of the team and we don't see them for, for two months. That's that, that has happened with so many players in the past. I mean, <laughs> is this going to happen now? The classic thing was, you know, after that Spurs game when he was he gave the, he gave the Sky interview and the 20-minute press conference about how his team had lost the hunger. And he, but he said, look, without Nathan Ake, we cannot play good. It's impossible <laughs> to play good without Nathan Ake. And then three days later, he was on the bench. So that, that sums it up perfectly. But... Having said that, and knowing the dangers and the pitfalls of making these kind of predictions, 
Grealish just doesn't come out of the team unless there's like a sports science reason or an off-the-pitch reason why he needs a break. I can't see him not playing against Leipzig. He's a fixture on that left-hand side to the extent that Foden has been moved over to the right-hand side. Now he's coming back into the team and it seems to be between Foden and Mahrez. Like Grealish, he, he brings so much to their game that Guardiola appreciates. And while they're trying to find this balance of harnessing Haaland's full power but without becoming too open on transitions Grealish is absolutely integral to that and I can't I can't see him coming out of the team for a long stretch anytime soon thank you both for our fanboy episode we don't often do them so that was uh, <laughs> that was nice to do something positive thank you Sam thank you nice Dan nice start of the week thanks very much nice thank start you. of the week uh, if you're not already a subscriber take advantage of the offer at the moment it's £1.99 a month for a year just go to theathletic.com slash football pod. Thanks for listening. The Athletic.